Let me tell you about a wonderful thing called PZ85 Plays on the Podzilla 1985 Network. Uh-oh. My name's Cody Sandusky, and we're allegedly playing Curse of Strahd. It's been a little bit of a holiday break. We'll probably find out as we go along. Good news, Barovia's on fire, and I know the people that have caused it. <laughs> Starting with the man who is not here, Tanner Calvert. He is not going to be here for a while. So I'm having Red babies! That. Speaking of people setting the map on fire, it is the faceless, <laughs> nameless co-creator, inventor, fucking chairman emeritus of Podzilla 1985. It's Shannon Young. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. There you go. Uh, he's playing Aiden Who Gives a Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Zephrar, Eric Ganassi, Genasi, Jin, I need some. It's Lindsay Wolfgang. I have apple pie flavored cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, well, who gives a damn? All right. Uh, all the way over in California, probably being engulfed in a ring of fire because when's the state not ablaze or out of water? It's Kaz. That's true. I bought a bar. He sure did. Yeah, and we'll the uh, the only sane person away from the bar at this current moment in the oh. scenario, Rasmus Thomason, played by Double H. Forever. Yeah. Well, the important thing, Cody, is that, uh, you know, in Double Jeopardy, I'm going to bloom. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for you to guess uh, Buster Brown and the, um, I forget the name <laughs> of the band. I don't, whatever. It's something that's a Beaver Brown band. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not Jerry Rafferty. No. Who is it? Cody, I'm, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I am too. John Cafferty. There John, John Cafferty, Cafferty and, and the Beaver, and the Beaver Brown, Brown band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Sure. He's going to bring him a double Hope you guys have he been is. celebrating Poconut November. Uh, Kaz is going to give you an image of the day. They sure haven't heard from us. <laughs> no, no. In case you've missed us, don't worry. I've missed us too. Allegedly. We didn't have nostalgia November. No, we, we didn't. Had no show November. <laughs> yes. Lindsay, nostalgia requires being like happy or excited about the past, present, <laughs> and future. And I don't think any of us are. Uh, we're back. Show still exists. Yeah, I am uh, look, look. I know we're trying to get into the show, but I am actively writing the next episode of the Inquest. It was supposed to be out in October. It is. Um, I've seen it. I've been in. I've been in a holding pattern for a couple of things uh, for for my uh, outside extracurricular activities from the podcast. So I had some time to write on it. It is going to be out before the end of the year, definitely sometime in December. So. Uh, I was really happy with the October that we had. It was a fantastic October. We all did a great job. And then my we just wore ourselves out. We man. just dropped the ball. Well, my, my interest in this show and the people on the show have waned significantly since then. That's accurate. Clearly, so, he spends yep. no time with us. That's true. We are we are we are attention deprived. <laughs> Now, Cody, when everyone's oh. playing Call of Duty and Shannon's not there, we should say, where's Shannon? <laughs> He's playing Dragonflight. That's I not, know. That's not entirely true either, though. I haven't really played anything. I've I've been really into this Pokemon. cup and ball thing. <laughs> well, the best part is when cup the ball. ball misses the cup, it's still on that string. It comes back to you. It's got more customization right. than Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Definitely <laughs> 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 we, we don't have time. We yeah, don't no, have Cody, time. Cody, go ahead. Let's go, brother. Yeah, sure. Okay. So when last we left our group here, uh, the compatriots that have made up this motley crew made their way into the Blood and Divine Tavern, uh, formerly Blood of the Vine, but scrolled out for reasons here to wit unknown. After throwing three gold pence on the table, Kaz has bought drinks for the two inhabitants that don't seem to be hiding from the bar for probably here until the end of time. Uh, and that's where we basically left things off with Rasmus being beckoned to the back of the room to the two mysterious individuals there at that table. 
Yeah. Any any questions before the inebriated revelry continues once more? I got one. Yeah, sure. So when I started with this, the the buying of the drinks, I am curious: is it possible to purchase this bar? As with most things in D and D, you can certainly try. Though I'm going to ask that question with another question. <laughs> Do you really want to stay in Barovia with a bar? It's an investment. In the mists. Got it. I mean, that's like investing in cryptocurrency, man. Yeah, this is a... Before we get started, as I recall, you had a question about the wizard's key. Yeah, Cody, is there a way to escape the dungeon without using the wizard's key? Just eat your fucking chocolate bar, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I'm back here. I don't remember the quote. He withdraws his question. I'm back here working for eggs, man. I withdraw mine too, just because. I don't remember. I don't remember the quote. I remember that he says something about an adult playing a children's game. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he said, "Eat your fucking chocolate bar, nerd." <laughs> that was the in the original script. Yeah, yeah that's what Dan Castle and Evan Pam get it past the censors. But. Yeah. Which is astonishing because Fox in 1994, the censors were us. <laughs> That's why Marcy. went. That's why Marcy was yelling about take me uh something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> take me Diablo or something like that. Yeah. Diablo. Yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Hey, take me Strahd. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. Oh, right. Okay. Don't so, worry, Hunter. Can I? I cannot. No one, can. one of okay. these one of these characters is named Ka- Candace Rigby, and I'm looking for. I'm sure you are. Okay. So at the end of the scenario, uh, the person at this uh, left side of the bar, who I will highlight by clicking and holding on him currently, uh, called generally to your attention, asking that or proffering the thought that you guys looked like you had some things to undertake, some objective. You had a purpose for being here. Uh, we will come back to that. I just want to make sure to keep that in your minds. Uh, Rasmus, I actually want to start with you. Okay. Uh, at the end of the last session, you detailed your clumsy attempts to kind of nondescriptly find your way into the back of the room to take a seat. Yeah, um, <laughs> stealth is not the word I'm looking for, but right. like, s- suave this guy is not. Again, R- Rasmus might be uh, handsome, and he might be sought after in some ways, but he he doesn't know it or know how to do anything with it. So when when two people beckon him over to a table, he clunks over there in his armor, but he very much thinks that he is is being the coolest guy in the room in that moment. And, okay. and as I recall, uh, he he took a seat at the table and was like, "Yes, <laughs> didn't really know how to approach you need to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that that is that is where I thought we were. So we shall pick up from that point. The two individuals across from you, uh, unlike. Many, I, I say many, you haven't really seen many people. Unlike the few people you have encountered Barovia thus far, they don't really have that pallid blank expression. They don't look uh, to this point kind of thousand yard starish. These people seem okay. pretty adept and with it, as it would be. Uh, yeah. they, they look at you again, still smirking at your attempts to approach the table in a normal manner as you were. And uh, they uh, simply look at you, the two that you see at this moment, and say, what brings you here? What has brought your interesting group of people here? Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm not going to play this one out. I'm just going to tell you what he says. 
Um, Rasmus immediately gets like motor mouth. Like he's real bad about, uh, you know, especially when people seem earnest. So he just kind of launches into the story. He tells his name, where he's from. He briefly points out each of the people around, or at least desperately tries to um, mention something about red and then looks around for a minute and says, well, he's around here somewhere. Uh, and then just kind of starts telling the tale, you know, all three or all, all of us arrived uh, in the midst of a forest coming out of these, these mists. And we were very confused. Um, we ended up at the manor of this. There's a count Logroft. Have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, he doesn't wait for an answer. He just kind of motor mouths his way through the whole thing. And then this and that and, and et cetera. And now we're here. Okay. This takes however long you need it to take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm currently picturing uh, Yakko's map or Wacko's map of the world. <laughs> yes. You're sprinting yeah. through it all. That's what I'm picturing as Rasmus goes through this. Uh, the whole yes. time they are intently observing. Like, as you convey the story, whether or not you're paying attention, they are at least somewhat earnestly at paying attention and being attentive to the tale. Uh, they, they, Look at each other, I think, for a moment, taking aback at someone being so vocal and forward, seeing as, again, the place you're currently in of bitter, you know, bitter central plane of wherever we're at. Yeah. And they look and it's, at you. I'm, honestly, it's probably indicative of the fact that he he's not, it's pretty clear he's never been in a bar. Or if he has, he hasn't spent much time there. I mean, this is a man of the cloth. Not yeah. that he's like, like you know, completely averse to, to drinking or anything like that, but this is just not his kind of hangout. So he really doesn't know how to handle himself. Hopefully it becomes clear over time that like the social awkwardness is almost exclusively based on the location. He knows nothing of this like experience. So he's making it. It's like, he's, it's, it's like a kid who has only ever seen a bar on TV. And yeah. this is what he thinks you do when you're at a bar. So. Okay. Well, the two uh, take a look at each other and, again, kind of take a deep breath after intaking all of that deluge of information. They say, well, uh, we, uh, despite our appearances, and I will point out that they look uh, relatively young for what you would expect uh, for the people here. Again, compared to all the general drabness you've seen, they're a bit bright. Their clothes are a little bit brighter. They would look in your estimation, uh, what, Rasmus, what we say, you're in your mid-20s? No, Rasmus is, is a little bit older, actually. He's older. in his oh, that's uh, right. sure. yeah, 30s, yeah. but he's a half-elf. So. Yeah, I forget that. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. would actually, you feel, at least based upon appearances, they are close to your age. Okay. And then they will look at you and kind of uh, recount that they are Alinka, A-L-E-N-K-A, and Mirabelle. Uh, okay. They are, uh, they will tell you as they go along and say, interesting, we... Uh, we being the proprietors, the owners of this establishment, don't tend to see many folks outside of the norm here. We haven't for many moons. And you you look at Mirabelle, who almost like is doing the the Galifianakis calculations in her head, trying to think of how long it's been since <laughs> they've seen somebody of your ilk come through, and they acknowledge we don't we don't see much in the way of outsiders here in Barovia. In fact, and you would see Alinka, who's the one in purple, she kind of leans around you to look at the bar. Uh, the lesser over there probably hasn't seen an outsider before. I'm surprised he's taken to your compatriots as warmly as he has thus far. 
uh, the moment that she's going to look over toward those people, he'll, he'll do the same, the lesser. He probably says that aloud, actually. <laughs> See who it is that, that she's talking about. Uh, you, you you look at them when you say the like if you were to glance back over you say the lesser and scour around you see them kind of chuckle uh, a little bit uh, amused at themselves. <laughs> uh, people don't say it out loud all that often, but if the name sticks, we'll take it. Uh, we we mean that one, and they gesture to the individual closer to uh, the door at the bar where Zephyr and Bjorn are at. This gentleman, that okay. right there is Ismark Kolyanovich. He is, well, now he's the burgomaster of this village. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Rasmus doesn't have any particular reason to trust or distrust these people. Thus far, they mm -hmm. haven't given him any, any uh, indication that that would be a problem. But at the same time, I would imagine he like reaches kind of for that letter in his pocket and then just sort of leaves his hand there. Like he's just like casually, you know, oh, the pocket stuffing's out a little bit, pushing it back on. Oh, uh, interesting. What What is a burgomaster precisely? They chuckle like, well, I don't know what it's going to mean anymore, but a burgomaster is generally the person that cares for the effects of the village. The burgomaster is someone who... <clears throat> the lord, if you will, of the area. The one that makes sure all of the affairs are in order. Makes uh, makes care that all of the citizens are protected and taken care of. The lesser over there, uh, his father was the longtime burgomaster of this area. And he he passed recently, thus leaving us as business owners in this village a little bit worse for the wear needing to trust Ismark. And you can kind of hear the venom or the disdain at the bite of their name because they say it out loud. Ismark in charge. We'll see what he can do. At this point, he hasn't really proved himself much, but they kind of look toward the bar and maybe kind of look out the windows. There isn't really much for him to take care of or ruin either. Uh, I imagine that, that Rasmus would say something to the effect of, well, I you know, was about to proffer our help, but if there's nothing that can be done, that's an unfortunate situation. There's a little bit of a chuckle under the breath of, of one of them. It's Mirabelle in this case. <laughs> uh, there's not much help that can be done around this place other than to survive and find whatever form of sustenance and happiness you can make. But... We do pretty well for ourselves. She she looks at her sister, Alenka, and they will introduce themselves as sisters. And they will point out, uh, again, kind of in the same vein you are. You can tell just as they look at you, and uh, I understand, Rasmus, you're not as fully adept in social scenarios being in a bar, but you, you yeah. can tell that they are, in no small part due to your openness, willing to kind of share a little bit about themselves. Uh, they mentioned that we we are the people in this in this place called Vistani. Well, we were. You see, our people are are nomads. Maybe is what some regions call them. People who care not about possessions or the ways of the world or the ways of of this place. We, on the other hand. We wanted to see what this place had to offer. 
we care not for the the ritualistic traveling lifestyle. We wanted to find our way into something secure, find our way into something that brought us happiness. But of course, that doesn't really get smiled upon by those with whom we were raised. So we have no family or friend left of our old home. So this, they gesture, uh, Mirabelle, the one in green specifically, this, for whatever it's worth, is our home. And so, again, looking kind of around you at the bar, anybody that comes to not help or seemingly be incapable of doing so dampens our spirits slightly. That is uh, that is quite the tale. I imagine in like through most of this, uh, Rasmus is drinking whatever he's been handed, and there's that. It's that like the kid who's never had a drink who drinks and then does that kind of grimace as they swallow. Like, mm, okay, that's that is sure something. Yep, that um, is liquid. He says so. So then, perhaps there is something to be done. It sounds it sounds as though. Um, your your burgomaster needs a bit of instruction or assistance. Assistance may be a bit too grand a phrase, but he does seem in need of help. So if you and your lot seem willing, again, I will I will caution you. Uh, you are new here. All of you are. Most here haven't seen new in quite a long time, if ever. So we will let you know that there are places and there are people that may not warmly take you in as this building has. We know of the lord of this region. We understand the ominous nature that he brings. We wish you careful tidings as you undertake what you seek. Okay. Um, Kaz, I think, is saying something, but he's muted, so... Oh, I was muted, go. sorry. This is all taking <laughs> place over at the, the table, right? We uh -huh. here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Uh, uh, we'll come back to you shortly. Um... Rasmus is kind of a little taken aback by this, but I mean, he, he's not entirely unused to people who are wary of him, right, or of, of people he's around. Uh, he grew up in a very militaristic city, people who don't like accepting help. Um, so, uh, frankly, these people are probably as friendly or friendlier than a lot of the people he's used to dealing with on a daily basis. So, despite the fact that it gets very ominous, he's it's not like full-on no thoughts, head empty, but he's very like, oh... Okay, thank you for that. Um, uh, and and he mentions something about checking in with his his compatriots, um, but he doesn't he doesn't want to leave because he feels like it's rude. So he's sort of waiting to see what they're gonna do. They'll look at you kind of as you kind of look back and forth through your little pivoting thing. They will let you know you you are free to go. We appreciate your time. If you do find your way traveling beyond here. Uh, you and your your group may find it beneficial, though we are not welcome, so you will have to find your own way. Uh, there are our family, our group, the Vistani, 
are on these roads. They do exist in this place. We do uh, recommend that you maybe find the encampment. There is one elder there that may help you in what you seek to do. And, and they kind of gesture toward this place, you are welcome if necessary in Blood and Vine. Okay. Um, he wouldn't physically make a note of that, but I am. I mean, you could probably see the gears turning yep. uh, for him of a you know, the Stani encampment elder. Okay. Okay. Uh, as, as soon as, as that conversation comes to an end, he'll stand and, and like, rather than try to like shake hands, he gives like a little polite bow and, yep. then, and then leaves. Okay. So you walk away from there. We pivot back to the, well, for the three of you at the bar, what, what has your general be- behavior demeanor been? Observing, you know, Rasmus back at the back talking to somebody. The person at the end of the bar is seemingly quite excited that uh, drinks have been paid for. Uh, the barkeep is still oblivious to the world as if he is on autopilot. And this one individual having prompted the thought of, you seem to be seeking to undertake an endeavor. Uh, Adrian is in full on, like, I don't want to call it detective mode or witcher mode. But he is just sitting there silently observing every little noise, every little movement, just soaking it all in to see if there's anything that is out of the ordinary or it, it's his monster hunting skills kicking in. It's, it's his uh, detective mode, basically. So he's, he's watching and waiting. A.K.A. Perception. Yeah. I mean, you, what, what, what's your passive perception? Because uh, I mean, I, you know, don't, you don't even need to check. I'll note that at least as you've done this, you've observed as things stand right now in terms of drunken town fool, maybe uh, person worn with looks like stress, but interested to speak to you. Uh, again, this person, if you were to have anything you notice, is that the barkeep is just singular focused. He is a one track entity doesn't really react to anything happening to you. If you kind of gesture to him, uh, you have to get his attention directly to do anything. A drone scenario. Kind of. And then you look back, you see the the two women kind of smirking and chuckling among themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe it looks like they're gossiping as Rasmus comes away from the table. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to walk up to that counter and uh, talk to that barkeep and ask him point blank, you know, what do you think all that was about and nodding over towards them? He looks over to see them, looks back at you and then just goes right back to the activity he was doing, which is kind of wiping the bar, wiping the glass in his hand. Not a no words, no nothing. Not the talkative type. Are you? Ah, he doesn't even really address that second statement. It just, single mind focused you'd think that with so much effort being put into cleaning that glass this place wouldn't look like a such a <laughs> fucking sty again nothing out of him the person at the end of the bar does pipe up in his drunken stupor hey he's trying his best this place it's a good drink leave it alone he kind of mutters something as he looks back at his mug 
uh, the other individual will kind of, again, make himself a little bit closer to you all and kind of beckon a little bit, kind of get closer, maybe not so loud. Get over here. I even think at this point I'm just kind of moving up, not behind him, but definitely in that direction, like over to to his side. Because, again, I've clocked this guy at this point, and I know I have something for him. So, yeah. We I see him getting kind of closer to the group, so I just kind of like get on the other side here, and I, I get closer as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much just sticking with the group, and I've more or less have been Let's all observing the people in the bar to see how they're acting and kind of being the fly on the wall, eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, once you guys get close, he look, looks at all of you and, and acknowledges um, the barkeep doesn't speak ever. I don't know that I've known him to actually say much of anything in my years around this town. Uh, please allow me to introduce myself. I am Ismark Kolyanovich. I am a, a well, he, he looks, Erasmus, because of the knowledge you have, it would kind of tip your attention. It seems he's still uncomfortable with the phrase. It doesn't come naturally to him just yet. I mm -hmm. am now the Burgomaster of Barovia. Pray tell, what brings you here? I have been here all of my life, and I barely recall of anyone making their way to this place. You probably wouldn't believe um, us if we told you, but, you know. At, at, his, <clears throat> at his introduction, like, once, once he gives us a second to slip that in, I'm going to, like, introduce myself and I'd like to like try to sleight of hand that I want to I want to palm off that letter the same way you would a twenty to the to the guy at the at the front desk at Applebee's. You know what I mean? Like like trying to like grease the wheels here a little bit, but hand that letter so that he uh, it's not blatantly obvious that I'm giving it to him. Also, I don't know why I went with Applebee's. Fucking Applebee's sucks. Yeah, I was wondering anyway, about uh, <laughs> strange choice. Of it's like restaurant. the first thing that came to mind of all the weird things. I haven't like, eaten at Applebee's in like 10 years. I don't know where that You're came just from. channeling your character, that's all. All right, next time I figure out where the best seat he in very Applebee's much thinks that Apple, He very much thinks that Applebee's is like high cuisine. Yeah. That, that's as good as it gets. Next seat. time, next time I go to Applebee's. All you can eat boneless wings for $12? Fucking <laughs> righteous. Next time I go to Applebee's, slap under that 20 in. Yes. It's like that's what three coins out when he comes in. You give the guy a 20 at Applebee's and he just walks off the job. <laughs> he just he does. He gets. I retire. He just, he just goes, you own it now, and just leave. <laughs> that's what I thought now. happened in this situation. That's why I thought I owned a bar now, because I just slapped him down. Didn't you slapped down $5 on the bar and said, hey, this is mine now. <laughs> and they, they, reality, they I slept said, down hey, 50. these are mine now. <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, so I, I would legitimately like to like to try to sleight of hand this. Uh, yeah, pl sliders. please do. Please give me a roll here. I, I don't know how good it's going <sighs> to go. I have a plus two to that. that so, you know, well, that's where know. the fun comes I'll in. See what you got. I'm going to drop it on the floor, but I'm going to roll It's a nice crack and dice yeah. roll thing there. Yeah, it's a yeah. six. Great. It's a six total. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's going, well, at that least it's not tracks. ten. It's not ten. In here, part because. Here, let me hand you this. Oh, shit. Hang on. <laughs> like, he picks it up and it's like covered in beer. Like, ah. I look fuck. down, I'm like, uh... Ismark, I mean, generally receiving something from you would have taken him off guard, but the fact you drop it, you get a, a bit of a chuckle out of him. Like, okay, I, I gather that's for me then. Just for the record, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, yeah. 
now now I'm like actively looking around conspicuously like yes <laughs> yes and no one saw that <laughs> and see at that moment though Bjorn just kind of like looked down he's looking up at you just kind of like what the fuck is happening here and I just reach forward just grab another drink just, and shake my head <laughs> I'm still watching I'm, I'm full on just like at this point Rasmus is just thumbs up like yes this is going great it's like buddy Christ <laughs> right <laughs> All right, so he very uh, much thinks that he is the slickest dude around. Like he's already got two fans in the background here. So once I take Rigby. It, <laughs> I take it that none of you opened this letter, correct? With Rasmus holding it, I don't think yes. anybody actually attempted. Yeah, no, to I straight up it. took it. No, I didn't even know it, it existed. All right, <laughs> just that's like Herschel Walker and way. some of his kids. Oh God! Anyway, <laughs> that's going to date this real well. Uh, Ismark. Uh, while kind of generally continuing the conversation, being curious as to, you know, you know, there are four, four or five new faces around. He's still being kind of at the same age. Everybody seems to be in the static, at least the ones you've encountered thus far. He looks like he's in his mid-20s, older 20s. His face looks a little, he's not drab like the person behind the bar, but you can see he's stressed. Uh, probably the thought of being the current Burgomaster suddenly is becoming a weight on him. Uh, he kind of chuckles along as he he asks a few questions, kind of mindlessly uh, breaking the wax seal on the letter. But he does open it up. You quickly notice a change upon the letter opening, though. He takes a moment. His brow furrows. He looks a little bit. He doesn't know what expression to give, but he does look at the four of you around the table and then quickly kind of back to the barkeep and back to the drunk person and say, table, please now. And he, not being conspicuous, picks himself up, grabs a drink, and comes over here. I'm going to follow him, but as he passes, I, I definitely want Rasmus to be like, oh, God, I didn't fuck it up, did I? Like, you can still read it. Like, it's still... He's legitimately concerned that he screwed up the letter when he dropped it, that this is yeah. not a, like, oh, no... Something bad has happened. He's like, "Oh god, it's still readable, isn't it?" Yeah, it's like all the all the ink is bled. Oh, is shit. it good? Is it okay? <laughs> Don't tell them, man. Please, <laughs> I can't okay. take it. So, so, oh, so everybody piles over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, as you leave, uh, Aiden, since you've been intentionally trying to do so, uh, the barkeep still doesn't act as if you left or that you were there. He continues going about. At this point, you see him kind of saunter over to take care of another chore, maybe motion for a broom to start cleaning. But he, you're you're nothing. You get nothing out of him. Mm. A guy at the end of the bar is still, you know, he's chuffed that he's got drinks. So you may see him occasionally try to garner the barkeep's attention for a drink. Uh, Ismark, as he introduced himself, will kind of now pull you all in. Uh, His expression has soured a bit. Uh, and he does, he looks at the letter and he uh, kind of inquires of you, Rasmus, you did not open this before this moment. Clearly there's the seal was set. You did not. Yes. No. Yeah. Of of course not. No. And Rasmus actually tries to launch into the story again of like, Oh, you know, we were at this manor, um, account Logroft, who I believe, you know, he he holds a hand up as soon as he hears Logroft. He says, there's time for that later. Please, I feel the need for you to know what you've just borne. And he sets the letter in the middle of the table, 
Yeah, corners are soaked in, you know, beer or whatever, the wine that's on the floor, but it is still legible. And it reads as such. Dear S. Mark Kolyanovich, please accept my heartfelt condolences on the passing of your father. I understand you have become the burgomaster of the village of Barovia. I do worry for Irina's safety, for if your time is now preoccupied with the duties of the burgomaster, how will you find the time to keep your sister safe? Please do not hesitate to call me for any assistance. Respectfully, Lord Strahd von Zarovich. I get uh, oh. the cold chills at the at the name Strahd once again. What was the sister's name? Sorry, can you say that again? Irina. I-R-E-N-N-A. Or excuse me, I-R-E-E-N-A. I-R-E-E-N-A. Okay, thank you. Yeah, the, the double letter in the middle threw me off. Uh, yeah, so he, he's going to kind of pivot around to, to those of you. Again, you clearly did not open this letter before you presented it. And he looks at Rasmus now and kind of pans the table. You have encountered Count Logroft. I have not, due to my new responsibilities and burdens here, been out of the village in... He kind of thinks about how long it's been, probably a few weeks. But I would not expect this information to come from anybody traveling from there. Who gave this to you? Uh, there were there was a man in a carriage who picked us up there. He he gave us the letter. He said that it needed to be delivered to you. Um, he said actually that it was the count who was expected to bring it to you, but we killed the count him. has been disposed. <laughs> I assume we say that at the same time Rasmus yeah. is like okay, yeah, he's dead. Um but uh but we we didn't get a name from that. He, he was like a footman. He was like, you know, someone driving a, a, a carriage. It was a means to an end to leave there, so we didn't question it much, admittedly. And we did leave Logroff's head on a pike out front of the of his manor. You left Logroff's head on a pike. I took his teeth. You did okay, you said you. Never mind. <laughs> most of that conversation trophies. Yeah, most of the conversation up to being brought here on a carriage had him a little confused. Uh the thought of putting a man's head on a pike and taking his teeth does invite several more questions. Uh but he does present the thought May I see the teeth? I'm gonna nudge Bjorn and say, "Well, we don't have the head, so <laughs> there's a reason I took these things beyond my own." Superintendent Chalmers, may I so, see them? <laughs> yeah, that's <No>. a man's <laughs> head. Head. <laughs> so I hold out my hand, but I only show him one tooth because I want to make sure I keep the other one just in case some shit goes sideways. He looks at. I assume. Again, Actually, I didn't I ask at the moment. Table. I just going, drop it on the table, just like a splash of a of coins. I assume they are the canines. Yes, you didn't grab like some yeah. fucking molars out of the back of his mouth. <laughs> I didn't ask at the moment, but with this group, I feel the need to ask. I got a big enough bag; I can hold all the teeth. He grabbed some baby teeth, <laughs> bone up the teeth, bone grabbed up some the bonus teeth. teeth you got know, some goddamn up. dolphin teeth. That's salmon vanilla. I put them all on a necklace. That's what I actually dropped there. It was a necklace of teeth. All right. So he, he <laughs> you have time to make a necklace, <laughs> right? Logroff always saying, 
He don't. He wants people to see him shine. He looks shiny to me. <laughs> That's funny you say that, Hunter, because Lagraff pumped my gas this morning. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So no, I started that one. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> it's true. As soon as the canines hit the table, uh, he his eyes widen slightly, and he kind of crouches down a little further to kind of bring you in more quietly. So it's true. The count turned. I'm going to lean directly into him and say he was already turned and then we turned him into a trophy. That's all I'm doing is just shaking my head, yes. Uh, He he becomes a bit more serious, kind of uh, not that he was like disrespectful or like flippant towards you as a group because again, uh, Rasmus, I know you haven't shared the info, but you would know this based upon what the sisters told you in the back of the bar. It's not like people show up around here very often. So this is all new, right? You know, him seeing somebody in general that's not the common folk of Barovia was already going to be intriguing. The fact that you've now come around and are presenting trophies of someone he had suspicions about uh, definitely keeks uh, his interest. And he looks at you and says, well, seeing as you have presented evidence of experience with those of that malady. I feel the need to uh, further request your assistance. He looks at the four of you and says, clearly you are aware of the plague, the awful nature of some folks around here, including, as he looks down at the letter, Juan Strahd von Zetterich. Lord, excuse me. Oh, we know exactly what you mean. Well, unfortunately, do we? (laughs) I do. We just know some people were real sick, both teeth-wise and daddy dead like coming at us. He'll take you at your word, currently at least. Adrian, Adrian, or Aiden, Adrian. Is it Adrian or Aiden? What is his name? It's Aiden. You have Aiden Aiden down on everything. Yeah. Aiden, uh, he knows. He he has heard tales, and he's may have may have come across creatures like this before. So he is well aware of the types of things that he is talking about. Now, whether everybody else knows, clearly you've come across a creature like this before. You just killed one. Put his head on a pike. (laughs) It's Rasmus who is still like trying to reconcile all of this. I mean, he's aware of the evils of the world, and 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 you know understands that there are things beyond the world um, that that are problematic, but. The idea that all of this is just like, yeah, sure, okay, I'm on board now. Um, it was more of a fight or flight response. Now that now that we're out of that scenario, he's trying to kind of it's it's like a Dana Scully situation. He's trying to rationalize it. Like mm-hmm. you're you're like, yeah, we know about this, and he's like, I don't know shit. Ze- <laughs> I don't uh, know shit about fuck. That's the problem. <laughs> Zephyr, did you draw the head on the pike like I asked you to? <laughs> No, I did not. Man, I was going to show. I don't him need this. that graphicness at the moment. That's show, saved for tales later. I was going to show show him that as evidence, but okay. Again, um, you you present canine teeth. He feels, at least at this point, fairly convinced, or at least he seems fairly convinced. Before he any further asks us for like assistance, especially since I'm on the far end of the table from where the the two women are, um, I imagine Rasmus would be mention of. You know, it's interesting you say you might need our assistance because, and he kind of jerks his head in that direction. Those two seem to think so as well. Ah, those two already spreading word to the first people we've seen in this village in many a year. 
about my ineptitude, I'm sure. Well, they they weren't exactly singing your praises. Well, I won't sink theirs either. Clearly, uh, folks who <laughs> abandon their families and their, their people in pursuit of banal pleasures, in this place especially, seem a little bit undesirable for my attention and likely don't see much in me. Uh, you can see the frustration. You can tell it's a cold relationship, or if there's a relationship at all, honestly, in the way he's talk- talking about them. He kind of looks over between Bjorn and Aiden over to the table. They care not for me. I care not little or not much for them either. We exist both in this place, but to the matter at hand, yes, assistance is needed in this place. Is and there he more again, of these? Oh, go ahead. No, I, I go ahead. I was going to say, is there more of these uh, holders of such teeth around here that you know of? Well, seeing as the letter you bore to me is the uh, one currently stalking my sister and the one who is lord over this realm, yes, I would say there is. A few more of them around here. Any directions you can point us? Pray tell, friend. Do you wish to die so soon? Yesterday. You'll Ooh. have your chance. You'll have your chance, I'm sure. Especially, perhaps, I hope not, but if you do seek to undertake my requests, you there is possibility you will meet who you seek. Add, a collect, add to the collection. Uh, he looks at those of you, and again, now that now you're getting to brass tacks, you can tell kind of the the facade of energy, the facade of having it all under control is, is waning. You can tell this guy as he goes into this tale is kind of he's worn. He he looks like he's stressed out already, and probably not too many straws from breaking the camel's back. And he, he just looks at all of you, said, "Okay." As this letter clearly indicates what we've already known, Lord Strahd von Zerovich has taken exceeding interest in my sister, Irina, for reasons I do not know, that he is fixated upon her. He desires her. And I cannot have that. Now with the death of my father... I don't feel that what little protection we could provide her will hold in this place. We have we have need to make her to take her away from this place. Strahd has eyes everywhere. Strahd has means of pursuing anywhere. But I have to believe that throughout the kingdom Throughout this land, there is somewhere safer for Irina than here. There are more watchful eyes, more attentive, protective measures than here. And you would have a way past these mists? It seems that that leaving here is prevented by that. Leaving Barovia a village is less so. Leaving Barovia the realm... I fear you are correct. But anywhere beyond the village of Barovia should hopefully provide far more protection for her. Especially because, and again he gestures around, I fear that even here, their eyes giving sight to the Lord. 
to provide insight and perhaps a means <laughs> to plan his taking of Irina. I cannot, I will not have that happen. Well, I'm in. I'm all I mean, for I, killing something. Un, unequivocally, Rasmus kind of like pounds his fist on the table and says, it, it sounds like a noble cause. Is she going of, to be willing to leave here? As much as one can force their own blood to, to make a decision contrary to their own beliefs, I will try my best. Uh, she needs to be away from here. Frankly, I care not what she desires at this juncture. It is not safe for her, and I would rather break the bridge to assist her than lose her existence on this plane. It's easier to protect someone who's willing to go with you than one that's going to fight you on it that you have to guard. It's true. It's like trying to save somebody who's drowning and take you down with them. That's what chloroform is for. Do you have any? <laughs> Easy, Vinkman. <laughs> 500 cc's of Coca-Cola can worth a fucking sedative. <laughs> no, he's going to look... He's going to give you that white guy blinking gif look. Aiden, specifically, just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you currently don't know if that means there's no chloroform here or if he doesn't have any. But either way, <laughs> that part specifically can, isn't warmly received. I can assume that he won't be traveling with us that he's going to point us in a direction and ask us to undertake this. He, he nods the affirmative. You've asked guess. that. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, as much as I wish to protect her and have done my greatest, as did my father, uh, the demands of being the burgomaster, the work that is required of keeping whatever it is of this place afloat will take more attention than I can then give to keep her safe. Plus, so he further then won't be able to help us convince her of anything. That he, he he looks, he nods, though less affirmatively. I feel that she can be persuaded. It may be difficult, but I, th I believe there to be a way. I believe there to be a means by which we can convince her that she must go, for now at least. I, don't, I do not wish to banish her from Barovia permanently, but I do feel that at least at this time, especially, and he gestures again at the table, with this, that her being here is not tenable. I just, I want to kind of point out of curiosity, how do we, I, I turn away from this guy into kind of the group, and I'm just like, how do we know, like, this isn't the dude that's, like, the bad situation, the influence for her? Like, how do we know the, the, the danger is external and not this person that's trying to, like, recruit us to kidnap somebody for him? Well, he doesn't seem to have any indication that he wants us to take her somewhere specific. He just wants us to get her out of there. To he, where? I would be more concerned if he said, take her to this very specific place where I can, you know, then be in control of her. Yeah. And to both of those thoughts, he'll kind of address them both. I wish not to kidnap my own sister. Clearly, if I'm sending her away from me, I don't believe that to be really much in the means of achieving that. Uh, to your thought, sir, uh, the two largest villages outside of here, the only places I could think of at least temporarily to be safe, would be Vallaki and Kresk. Both of which are places I'll make the point to Bjorn that we were intending on heading at some point anyway. 
at this point, whether she desires it or not, and he kind of again looks at the party writ large. This her being here is not safe. Those that are in this village are too too willing to stay alive to go against what is clearly now, as he has no fear to write it and present it to my face, a desire for my sister. Strahd has such a grip on this land, even those who aren't spies or underlings. And he kind of spits that out and kind of looks between the two of you again to that back table. Whomever may wish to serve him, or those of us who wish to survive under him, no one has the will to stand up. So I must do what I can to protect her. I think that's the part that throws me, just kind of still talking to the crew, is like, so, yeah, we're taking her to this other place, but if she doesn't want to go in the game, we don't know this person or trust this person, so I, I, I don't know. I just still... I will I will tread cautiously here as okay. far as the, 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 the end game goal of this this quest. If she can be convinced to come along, I'm fine with helping travel there it and is. get her to somewhere else. Chloroform. Yeah, that that's not that the is not convincing, go. that is nope. incapacitating. Yeah. I'm I'm not here for, if she doesn't want to go. Oh, that's she's where a, you draw the line. <laughs> that's really the problem. This <laughs> is the one like oh, <laughs> Now I can't. Heads on pikes and people dead and playing in bones, but this you beat me to it. Baby's bones. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was me to be fair. Where, that played with the baby's bones. That wasn't me. It was yeah. his idea. <laughs> he did it. Yeah, that that's me. At your I mean, thought, Bjorn, you express your your hesitance toward the situation. He looks and says, I'm sure this won't convince you much more, but if you are willing, or if it will further move the gears of action, I do have coin to pay. I understand that anything you undertake in this realm is a risk. I have uh, a question for him once that's resolved, by the way. Mm -hmm. I have no need of money, but I am still intrigued. Mark nods an affirmative. Um... This is unrelated to the immediate subject, but if we're helping you, you might be able to help us as well. Uh, I'm going to show him the the doll that Mary gave us previously and ask mm-hmm. if he knows anything of a woman named Mary, a young girl named Gertruda, or if he's ever seen this. He, he looks at the doll, and at the mention of Mary, just... A sarcastic smirk, something that kind of exasperation, maybe, depending on how you interpret it. Anybody in the village has heard the wailing, my friends. I don't believe as though I could avoid it if I tried. Yes, Mary is, may the gods help her, a very desperate, very broken woman. She did not do well by her daughter. Uh, Mary has feared this place. Understandably, I see why, and feared her daughter escaping, being taken, something away from her protective hand. In the last, uh, amidst everything that has happened in the last week or two in in Barovia, uh, Gertruda has disappeared, at least left. I, I don't know of the origin, I don't know of anything other than to hear the wailing down the roads, and... 
uh, upon uh, initial inquiry, noticing that Gertruda was gone. Uh, I gather from the way you express the details that you don't have that she is still not speaking much. <clears throat> no, um, we did notice this, though. I'm going to point the tag <clears throat> out to him, the, the Blinsky thing. What do you make of that? Blinsky, uh, is, it's a manufacturer. It is a, a, a man that makes toys right. here in the realm. Or at least, and again, Ismar kind of acknowledging that he hasn't been able to travel much recently or really travel much beyond Barovia for many things in the last few years. He, at least he was. But I can confirm that Blinsky is a name of the best efforts in this area or in this place, a way to try to bring some joy. If I recall correctly, we had learned that he's in Velaki. That how, far away is, <clears throat> how far away is Velaki? Velaki will be a few days' travel away from here. Okay. And where again is your sister? We don't know. No, I, I do know, at least. You know specifically. Yeah. She, he will say she is back at the, the, the Burgomaster Mansion. And he kind of gestures vaguely at the phrase mansion. Okay. Within, this, within uh, the village of Barovia. Yes, she is okay. there. So, realistically, if we could convince her to leave with us, we could take her to, say, Kresk or Velaki. That would be ideal. At least somewhere that is, again, not here. I understand that that Strahd has his means of finding anybody <laughs> anywhere. He seems adept at that. But at yeah. least outside the shadow of his his castle may give her more chance. For the record, out of character, the reason I'm mentioning this is those two places are the other two places that we were going. This is for the party's benefit. Kresk is where um, the Count's daughter, Bella, went with Margaret, one of the servants. So that was that was the reason we were ever going to go to Kresk. She was the one who was like whisked away before Lagroft went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um so she theoretically is there or was there. That's the only lead we have going that direction. Balaki is the toy maker. Um, and it was, you know, and now this plus it was another uh, area of a Burgomaster. And to be fair, that that's that's the thing. Burgomasters were in Barovia, Balaki, and Crap. So at some point we need to go to both of those places anyway. So yes. From if you're asking you ask me, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, from Bjorn's point of view, like, I have no, like, the only interest that I have is, like, where's some more of these teeth I can get? Like, where where can I find more of these problematic, sick people? As far as for her, if she is along the way and that, and she's willing to come, game on. But if she's bitten, if she's not, then I want to focus on, I, I'll focus on where my direction is taking me. I mean, the Which only, the only problem with that is, there. I was going to say, well, there, there's there's no direct lead on like if basically you're saying where there are more monsters everywhere from the sound of things. I don't I don't think that's going to be a I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, we don't have a direct lead on like the monster went that way. So to me, I mean, she seems like the most yeah, straightforward actually, lead. Sorry, Cody. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you are you guys saying this openly or is this out of character amongst yourselves? I'm still talking out of character. Okay. But we, can, we can bring it back into the game if we need to for time purposes. I know. No, that's I fine. I just want to make sure I was aware of what things were going. Yeah. Which things were, you know, who was who. 
basically, I was just recapping my notes. So yep. at some point in time, Velaki and Kresk, if we're going to follow the leads that we've we've gotten, both of them have Burgomasters we need to talk to. Both of them are reasonable hiding places for uh, Irina if she'll go with us. Um, Velaki has the toy maker to talk to about the daughter. Kresk uh, is where the Count's daughter was supposedly taken. So that's two girls in two different directions. Basically, there's like equal reason to go to both places. Which I know makes it very easy to decide where to go next. Out of character, therein lies the fun of Barovia. <laughs> I mean, to me, the next thing we need to look at is is this Burgomaster's mansion and talk to Arena and see what's happening there. Agreed. I'm down. Okay. Well, if everyone is in the um, affirmative to wanting to go to the Burgomaster's uh, home, is what we'll call it. At least that's what Ismark will call it. Uh, Aiden, yeah. he's going to look at you one more time, seeing as you know your your philosophy or your endeavor has seemed a bit more uh, sour and malicious. Oh, I just I smirk at him and nod. That's it. Okay. Then he says, uh, pray tell, please join me as we, we travel to the home. Let us see my sister and see what we can do to have her leave this place. Oh, he is going to take us there. Okay, good. He's just not going to leave with us when we go from there. If that's the vibe you're getting right now, yes. Okay. Which you can certainly ask him as you guys navigate. As you go through the village of Barovia, I'll pull you back here temporarily to kind of show you guys where things are at. As obviously in the uh, orange square, you guys are at the Blood and Vine Tavern. The place you will be going. Make sure that my thought process is correct. Is going to be. Let's see if I can choose a, a different color. See. Chow. There you go. Caw Chow. Okay, I missed that the other day. So <laughs> orange orange is where you are. Uh blue is where you're going. So, so back you where will, we had come from. You yeah, will pass Mad Mary. You'll pass the the crying on the way back, yes. And he will acknowledge as such. Yeah, because what's that other she, what's her face is down there too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Mary is down that way. Uh, as you walk, clearly it's not far to traverse, but do you have any like, questions for Ismark or anything specifically you like to discuss? I mean, I, I would like to ask him what exactly his... his um... So, okay, his father passed. I don't think he told us how. If he's willing to share, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that Rasmus is used to talking to people about anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, like, what exactly his responsibilities are? Like, we, I feel like we keep getting kind of these vague, like, oh, I protect the village, but like, what do you do? Are you like, like, analogously, are you like a sheriff? Are you like a mayor? Are you a little bit of both? What do you have responsibility over exactly, and how do you enforce it? Like, does anybody work for you other than just like, you know, I, I have to feel if he's hiring us out that that he doesn't have like contracted, you know. Sure. The force here. Right. He does chuckle at the thought of having like people to hire in terms of that because as he will gesture as you go, uh, being a little bit more comfortable now to share 
about Barovia, uh, clearly, as you see, this is a thriving location filled with many, many businesses and sound uh, citizens. Uh, he will acknowledge, yes, Burgomaster in this realm is a phrase that generally means uh, the, the equivalent of a mayor. We are the head of this city-state, the sovereign village, whatever you classify us as. What's the popular, like, what's, how many people are here? Uh, even just assuming off the map, you know, if you want to see, it kind of looks like a small village. Well, he would say a well, few I'm, ask, I'm yeah. asking him as far as point blank, like, there's all these houses and so forth, but, like, from his point of view, do you know these people? Do Are these houses vacant, or are they occupied? No, these houses are, are mostly occupied, as in many places, people cry to leave and make their life elsewhere. But no, we have a few hundred citizens. We we have the general trappings. We have we have a tavern and inn, as you can tell. We do have a, a marketplace, a mercantile, as it were. We have a church. We have your traditional trappings, especially in this region. This is as close to a stronghold as you will find going along, though nothing in comparison to places like Falaki specifically. I uh, love personal for him but what's keeping him there he doesn't seem very fond of the place he, he sighs as you guys approach the house and as you approach the house this will be a good time to kind of toss you over there as you approach the house uh, tell me if it's still on the screen you guys see the exterior of the home correct mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah you, you're seeing kind of the, the rabble rouse like you see the the vines or weeds growing on the little concrete or the stone wall. You see the iron gate has been broken. Uh, he sighs, acknowledges, in this place there aren't many other places to to take your leave. We've mentioned two of the other largest strongholds. For many, for many in Barovia, both village and land, you fulfill your purpose. You do what you are meant to do. In my case, I was the son of a he hesitates at the phrase politician, but he's like, I was the the son of a leader, so my purpose is to be a leader. Whatever burdens or stresses that may bear, uh, we, we do what we can. We do what we must. We do what we should. And that is all I can do in this situation, is take, take heed of the word of my people and do my best to protect all of them, but namely, clearly, Especially with the recent loss, I have but one true person I feel the need to protect more than all. I uh, I would just say one thing. I would just say the name Strahd and then look at him and say, "What is your what is your relationship with him?" He looks at you and almost uh, baffled to say, "What is the relationship of a king to?" a feudal lord what is the relationship of a dictator to a chief of peons well most dictators don't lust after the chief of peons sister he looks and acknowledges you are correct the interest that Strahd presents in my sister I know not of the origin I know that he takes consorts from time to time I've been told of this but why Irina among the citizens of Barovia at large, I don't know. Perhaps proximity. And he will kind of gesture 
And this is something that with your guys' focus maybe had not come through, and I'll kind of pull you back to the map temporarily, kind of expose a little bit more. Uh, where you are highlighted, you know, as the village of Barovia. If I were to pull back a little bit further, the place you now see is the castle Ravenloft. Is the map supposed to be changing? We're yeah, I, I can't on the house. Oh, crap. I didn't drag you guys over. Thank you. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm, I you were I'm already... revealing more of the house, and I was like, are there squares revealing? I don't know. So this may look a little bit better. Here is uh, not anything. Here's Barovia where you guys are. And beyond kind of these wooded elevations that may change, this is Castle Ravenloft. Okay. So Ravenloft, if it were to be, and he will kind of detail that, Ravenloft is nearest to this of the village's strongholds here in Barovia. How... Uh... So, pray tell by proximity, maybe. I know not, but he has taken interest in Irina. How long have you known that he was a monster? One does not go long living in this place without knowing, or at least having the subtle belief that Strahd is what we believe him to be. Uh, he is, for, for most here, been in power as long as they have lived. And those who've lived before them speak of his presence and his strength of dominating this land as well. So years I cannot account toward, but you, you do not reside in this land without knowing the person that, that rules overall. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. I find it best as many do to, again, exist to avoid the gaze of Castle Ravenloft, but due to location and due to our current situation, it seems that I cannot avoid that. And he kind of gestures as you guys approach the property, and he says, and it seems that even others, other entities, do not allow for that either. This gate was broken down in nights recent by some visitors, some entities that continue to pursue this place. The, the gate's broken in. Is the door open or closed? No, you would notice that the door is boarded. It, it seems reinforced that there is something trying to make sure it's secure. From the outside notice, or from the inside? From the inside. And you'll notice kind of like the windows are also blocked in a bit. Hmm. So there's something inside that's wanting to keep everything else out. Mm -hmm. Leads me to believe they're trying to be defensive or they don't want to go. Ismark said that this is where he has lived too, though, right? Like he and he and his sister both lived here. Yes. Yeah, okay. this has been there. Or something did. I mean, to this point, nothing's kicked him out. He's just approaching the door with you. Like, there's... Okay. They've yeah. just got it fortified from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. As you guys actually approach, again, he kind of says, we've done our best to protect ourselves, especially with, uh, got it. with recent developments. And he gives a specific pattern on the door. And you hear, you know, someone kind of rattling from behind, but who still invokes, who... Who be on the other side? It's Mark very plainly. 
Ah, Burgomaster of Barovia is Mark Kolyanovich. Irina, it is I, but I have guests with me. And she, you hear kind of exasperated sighs as the latches and things open. And she pulls the door open, and you see as things are revealed. Kind of give you this opening area to the house. And behind said door number one is a token that doesn't want to load for me. Please stand by. My God, she's invisible. That's right. (laughs) Run away. Kill it. Actually, I I wouldn't. My character wouldn't know that because he can't. He can't see to not know that she was there. But Hunter, you do. You do have. You have dark vision. That is true. I'm glad you pointed that out. (laughs) Somebody. Somebody impressed. Is that Cody? I'm sorry to, to break this for a second. Is that from Van Helsing? Yeah, that for, yeah, yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, in terms of how I see the character in my head, at least thus far, that is what. Yeah, that's what kind of played there. That's a that's a terrible movie, but it's also better than anybody remembers. It's terrible in the best way. I was about to say it's terrible, but also more fun than it had any right to be. It's, it's bad in the same way Wild Wild West is bad. Like, I acknowledge it's not a good movie, but that doesn't mean it's not fun to watch. True. Hey, it's like Warcraft, where the NPCs are three times bigger than us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sizing is hard of tokens sometimes. I, I wanted to make sure you guys had the, the view of her a little bit larger. <laughs> oh, yeah, dog. <laughs> we'll bring her back down to size. I just, I don't know. I didn't know we had the budget to get Kate Beckinsale to guest star in this episode. That's where I was at. <laughs> again, too. I was again like, well. we need to, uh, for <laughs> copyright purposes, <laughs> she is very similar to, but, but legally, legally distinct from, yeah. okay. Kate Beckinsale right. okay. in the Universal Studios film Van Helsing. I was going to say, you. Van Helsing, I'm sure, has got to be uh, public domain at this point. Like the, the, the John like, Wayne movie, no one renewed it. That's, uh, for all legal purposes, that's Kate Beckinsold. <laughs> well. No, it's, it's, it's Kate Beckinsale, S-A-L-E. Just that's how you spell her name. I'm sorry, it's still spell her name. It's an exercise, not a... You're making it worse. Gobbledy go, go, gobble, goddamn. Gobble, gobble, goddamn. Look, look at the time. Make and it. fastest on the syllables. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. So as oh, as the party is, is entered in, uh, Ismark would take the rear and you know close up the door, make sure things are secure. Irina looks again, peculiarly like again new faces. Also curious why Ismark brought them here. Also kind of annoyed because she may have an inkling of what's going on. And she looks at Ismark as he approaches away from the door. Who have you brought? Do you wish to tell me that you still seek to chase me from this place? Right now? You can tell she's exasperated. Like she's As soon as the wheels and everything clicks in place, she is not having it for the time being. Ismark. I am not leaving until we put father to rest. You cannot do that to me. Oh, that's some critical information he didn't include, uh, which is definitely going to draw Rasmus's attention as, again, a man of the cloth and someone who probably provides those kind of rights regularly. <laughs> I think he would honestly just look at him and go, well, that's new. Ismark looks 
a little bit confused. He's like, I did mention my father passed, yes? You did not mention he had not yet been laid to rest, though. That's that's true. Forgive me for my absent-mindedness again. <laughs> this new position has left a lot, a lot to undertake. My father was a good man, but seemingly sometimes organized he was not, or at least preparing me for the role I don't feel all the time. How Irina... How long has he been gone? Irina will pick up the question. She say he has been gone for three days now. Okay. We've prepared everyone in about a time. Yeah. As you come in, it's not going to take a lot. You kind of, he hasn't been so long as to like be expired and smelling heavily. You kind of get that vague scent and sense of like death in the air. Okay. Like that awkward feeling when you go to a viewing. Yeah. Um, oh man, I thought I had a spell for that. I don't could have sworn that I said. I, there is a spell that's like general repose. I don't have it though. Oh, yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't I do even raise the dead. I was like, well, shit, here we go. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. let's get this. Make this interesting. I have spare the dying, which basically just gets a, somebody below zero hit points to stable condition. Yeah. But then there's general repose, which is more like you know, if you want to preserve the body to reanimate them, that's what you right. what you do. Um, I would imagine if Rasmus had that, it would be more of like a, we're going to do this because the funeral is going to take a little longer than we expected. But right. um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have that ready. So yeah. we're going to pretend he didn't ever think that. Um, Okay, so I mean, I'm, at this point, Rasmus is, is you know mind is is moving much more quickly. This is kind of his his realm. Um, what then? What is, what is the holdup? Why is why are we waiting? What are we waiting on? What are you I, waiting on? I should say. I, Irina takes that remark and looks at Ismark and says, "Because some of us think it's unsafe for us to leave this home at night to travel across the village to lay our father to rest." And Ismark. You get the sense pretty quickly that while these are very resolute siblings, mm-hmm. there's a lot that stressed them out. And so they're kind of bickering like teenagers. Like you can tell they're kind of yeah. at the breaking point. And Ismark kind of closes the gap slightly and to say, you know why we haven't done this. He lays there because this place has been under persistent attack. People, you know, people are coming to find you, Irina. We must get you out of here. It is not safe. And she snaps immediately. Don't you tell me what is safe. I loved him like you love him. I'm not going to allow fear to keep him here. I'm sorry. All I can think about is the family guy bit with the two. Uh, oh, it. shit. What are what are the, the siblings? Um, uh, Jake, the, Jake and Jack and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Children, children, please. You're both just terrible. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I will actually, Rasmus will actually kind of step up though and interject and go, okay, hang on, hang on just a second. Let's, let's talk this through. Why again does this have to be done at night? But I want to know, like, why does it have to be an evening ceremony? Yeah, what the blue one said. Racist. I didn't, I didn't expect I mean, that phrase. She is, no, you're right. I just didn't expect what the blue one said. You split hairs here? Like, <laughs> hey, check out like the I'm little guy. Hey, gnomes. Answer the uh, question. Only Shannon here for that. <laughs> he said it. Uh, he said it. You don't want us exposing ourselves. Uh, they they all look, they both look at you and say, it's it, the, the, 
and this is me blanking, not the pastor, but what you would consider the man over the chapel, the father, okay. uh, feels the need to do these things at a more somber time. It doesn't have to be late at night, but during the day, it's Mark gestures. The father has become a gravely peculiar man. We don't really understand his motives, but we do know that he has wished to bury father closer to the evening time. So my eye is going to perk up immediately and, and ask, have you ever seen the father he... in the daylight? Yeah, that's <laughs> where my brain went. They, they, he will look at you kind of quizzically. It doesn't click for a second. Yes, he does roam the village during the day. And it kind of takes... Do- Father Donovich is not that. A bitch. He sounds like a bitch. I like it. Um, spoiler alert, apparently as written, Curse of Strahd really likes the CH names. I think <laughs> it's weird too. <laughs> oh, and I'm the racist one. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, quickly, is there a distinct need for this particular man of the cloth? Because, and Rasmus just kind of pulls at his clothes, like I can, I, I've done this. I can do this. Do you need this particular person to do it? Because if we can strike a compromise here, then we can strike out at first light, take care of this thing, and then get you out of here. He looks, Ismark kind of looks and says, I I personally see no reason why someone can't assist with these rights. Irina, having not talked to you at all, is still skeptical. She says, be you man of the cloth or otherwise, we must bury father in the town cemetery. It would not do right by the burgomaster to not be here and to also have at least some involvement of the man of the cloth in our village. Father Donovich has known father for many years, and it seems distasteful to not let him at least be in the presence as we do these things. Okay. Then we talk to him. I, I, I think that's the logical next move. Where can we find this guy? And both is Sorry, I'm not very Irina. in character tonight. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's, else to say it. Ismark and Irina both kind of gesture back to the other part of town. Beyond the blood and vine, he is on the outskirts of town on the opposite side. The cemetery, the church, all of those things are there. Okay. And if we spoke with him today, do you think he would be prepared for it? Could we possibly convince him to do this, say, early tomorrow? As, as, as soon as day breaks, perhaps? When it's safe? Speaking to Father Donovich, as Mark will reply, has been difficult at times, but... I, being the burgomaster now, I fear that I feel as though I have some sway or power to maybe make this happen, especially as he looks toward Irina, if it means guaranteeing one's safety from Strahd. And she looks okay. kind of exasperated <laughs> at him being so pointed toward her. As they're talking, as an aside to the rest of the party, I just want to mention, not that I love the idea of us splitting up, but I don't think she should be left here alone. Even as you kind of gesture, she mentions to you, I will not let you take father out of this house without me being involved. And I don't, I don't intend to, 
But if your brother is going to go with us to speak with the father, with the, with this with Donovich, was Donovich, yeah. if if your brother is going to go with us to speak with this Donovich, I don't know that it's in your best interest this late in the day to be left here alone. And this this may have been answered already, but I'm gonna just and if it had, I'm sorry, I, I might have missed it. But uh, I would ask, how did your father pass away? Both of them look and just acknowledge a combination of old age and the stress of this place. It does not well to the old at heart, especially with the recent events and they kind of gesture. Irina gestures toward the boarded door and the reinforced window. Our recent night visitors have seemed to serve stress upon father. This place, Irina for the first time maybe relenting a little bit, has not been most kind to us. Entities seem to try to find their way in, and I don't think Father's heart could take it any longer. What What do you mean by entities, exactly? They kind of look at each other. We don't dare to go outside to find out, but Strahd has his... Strahd has beings. Strahd has control of many things in this place. Hmm. Can we all go? And just She said she won't leave until he's buried. Well, can we can take we just him? Just go with us? bury him ourselves. Well, that's what we're working we on. That. And if yeah. she wants to come with him, then she can come with him, like all and him. I'm I'm not really interested in fighting her like that because I I'm convinced that that's where she would go that way. Um, basically, she makes it sound like she's not going to leave. All right, out of character. She's not going to leave. <laughs> Until, yeah, because at this point I don't want to discuss this in front of them. She won't leave until we get the father to bury their father right. in the cemetery. And this Donovich, the the father Donovich, has to be involved. Well, that was my initial thought. Was like I can do it. Like I'm I'm a I'm a cleric. I'm yeah. kind of a priest. I've done that stuff. Yeah. But she won't go for that. She says that Donovich knew their father and that he needs to be at least involved. Like, I can help, but he needs to be involved. Well, we, so, could, uh, we could always have so Red stay with her. Stay with her. Hey, where is that son Actually, of a bitch? Actually, anyway. Red has been there the whole time. He's the, Yeah, he's, he's the, there with yeah. us. Um, <laughs> he's been the thing clawing the doors the last couple days. He hasn't known how to get in. He's very worried. Right. So uh, back back in character, I'm going to look at Rasmus, and I don't know if you said it out loud or if you were thinking it, but I'm going to kind of nod at you and and either way agree with either the thought or what you said and uh, kind of grab my whip and kind of crack it you know, with my hands and say, I'll stay with her if you guys want to travel and go speak to the uh, to the uh, the man. My only concern with that is that you're rather convincing. We might need your skills in that regard. I'll happily stay back. I would rather Zephyrus stay back. <laughs> I say po- I say pointedly as I look at you, Bjorn. Just, <laughs> I, w- I would rather Zephyrus stay if she's comfortable with that. If she's I not opposed to my company, you would be like, why don't I just open the door at that point? Like, yeah, just let him in. <laughs> Let the right one in. Let the right one in. <laughs> and then I and then I I sadly put my whip back on my side. <laughs> like oh, like it'll right. be okay. We'll go for a I walk. Mean, you you could stay, but I I legitimately think, and again, this is kind of in and out of character. I think we're gonna need your your talents. 
All right. Well, why don't Zephyr... you all debate this? Irina's going to pop up in the middle and say, I tire of these conversations. I tire of waiting. Let's go bury father now. Let's take him there. Or if we wait, we wait till morning. Let's just do the act. I can't stand to see him in this place without the dignity of being laid to rest. Oh, we didn't know that was an option. All right, let's grab hey, it. If you're like we asked to it now, let's do right, it now. Let's go. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, as Ismar kind of points out to all of you and kind of gestures toward the, as we've gone through, this has been a good chunk of a day in terms of your encounter with Mary, your encounter at the tavern. It is later in the evening. So he will kind of remark to, if we are so willing to do this act, I don't wish to do it today, but at daybreak we can pursue as need be. Okay. All right. So basically we hole up for the night and we keep the things at bay. I pull my whip back out. <laughs> <laughs> they will Excuse both. me while I whip this out. Now. Oh. Like a cabin part on Call of Duty Zombies. Um, <laughs> with that discussion in place, both of them will acknowledge uh, Ismark his gratitude. Irina, her <sighs> muted acceptance of the situation. Again, she doesn't really know any of you. It hasn't really bothered to do any actions by which to obtain that information yet. But if it's a means to having her father laid to rest properly, she's going to acquiesce. Well, two, you know, she's still a young lady, and two of us are very handsome. One of us is blue, and the other one probably looks worse than her father. <laughs> I point out I but still he's have upright. Lie, but he's upright. <laughs> he's standing. He's still standing. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, what it is. Standing. <laughs> so they, at this point, acknowledge that... The home is worse for wear, but there are places there are places to sleep. Uh, we will. Uh, they they open the door to this room, or at least Ismark does. He'll at least show you in this room. He's like, my father is in there. We crafted the coffin ourselves. We felt it prudent to to honor him that way, but we keep it watchful in this room. So you may throughout the evening hear me make visits to make sure that everything is as it should be. Do we need to further fortify this place before night actually falls? If you kind of look around and inspect, you're going to see that, again, the the windows are boarded up pretty thickly. You can see where there have been maybe a couple fractures of wood, but they have been reinforced again. The door looks very sturdy in the sense of you guys think it's a I am legend situation here. At least least as best as they could effort it in Barovia, yes. Uh, He will kind of walk you guys around the first floor to kind of hand wave a bit. I'm going to say there are two floors to this place, but the second floor is just rooms and I, it's not really proof. I was going to say, I assumed because there's a staircase there in the main room. So yeah. Yeah. I'll kind of, I figured you guys could into it pretty easily that the other portion of this place is just small bedrooms. Yeah. Things of that ilk. A little drawing room in the bottom right there. I guess there's a fireplace in there. Uh, yeah. Well, over here, um, click on my right thing. oh my yeah. my yeah my drawing room door. there like a small kitchen area there. kitchen that's what i was seeing yeah and then a big yeah. dining room and yeah like a yeah. reception area kind of i guess that's what this guy is here with the rug yes kind okay. of off the off the main area again nothing nothing looks out of sorts or untoward in this place as you can tell okay. it's just it, it's larger it than your average home in this area, yeah. like mansion. You could see why being a two-story home and being a, a wide footprint, but especially with 
what you've encountered in Barovia, even the best of things is still kind of dreary and bland. But they, this they've home, started to sacrifice fashion for function is what correct. you're telling us. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, you would notice uh, again if you were like go upstairs, you would notice that maybe a bed or two has been broken down into a few stray pieces of plank to take care of other things. Yeah, I got you. So yeah. Ismark will acknowledge that. Uh, I fear it is not the most hospitable. Uh, I, I won't compare it to the admittedly moderate to. He kind of feels annoyed to say it. The adequate. Uh, rooms at the Blood and Vine, but we hope, and I do pray that this serves you peaceably for this evening, if you wish to help us. Hey, we will make this murder house a murder home. Uh-oh. Shall we come home? <laughs> you, you did it to one ghost piano and everything. <laughs> uh, before before we, because you said it was fairly late in the evening, before we, like, not necessarily the game, but in the game, call it a night, Is is there anything, like, we need to gather from outside like firewood or anything like that that needs to be taken care of before we like kind of fix that gate call it good yeah unless you have a mending of metal i don't think that gate's going to do very good to it at this point it seems like a lost cause for ismark like he did as you walked by he didn't even really acknowledge it was on the ground it's like of all the things i don't really have time to worry about that right now uh no the, the gate the house... was protecting them much anyway is what I'm right gathering. yeah yeah, the, the stone walls for decoration currently more than it is for help, it seems like. It's like those little hip height ones they have in like the, the hills of Scotland and stuff. Like, yeah, it'll yeah, keep basically. the sheep from running off, but you're not yeah, gonna... No, human and humanoids aren't really going to be dissuaded from much. Matter. No. So uh, everything you could tell according to Ismark is uh, as it should be. It is prepared for the evening. So okay. he, he has done his best, he'll say, to kind of prepare a few days worth of supplies lest something were to become more ominous, though it seems to him during the daytime this place is relatively unbothered. Okay. Then I say we prep for the night. Mm-hmm. I went in here with Adrian to just kind of check out Aiden, the Aiden, Aiden. Aiden, kill Adrian. Adrian, it's stuck with me now. To see the to sit by the possibly not fire. Yeah, there's a small uh, fire there. Is oh, there yeah. fire in there? I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna hang out in here with the uh, with the coffin. No reason. I'm not uh, I'm not gonna like intrude. Oh, there is a coffin, space, but I do want her to at least start getting more comfortable with us being around. So Rasmus will make a point to introduce himself and like try to be gentle of like, here's why we're here. Here's what we're trying to do. We certainly don't want you to feel uncomfortable with us here. That kind of stuff. He's uh, give me a, it's not like a perception or a persuasion, but yeah, give me a perception check in terms of like her general attitude toward this perception. Okay. I bet it's good. Uh, oh, I, got <laughs> plus nice. for that. I don't know. We're going to see. Oh, I turned everything off. Hang on. That's not what I want. Bye. Mystery dice like field dice. Right oh, I turned the whole thing and then I gotta do that. Oh, all right, there we go. Uh 95 is 14. Yep. Yeah, you can tell that she is she's strong willed. She is she feels a need to fend for herself. Okay. And doesn't really like the current arrangement of her brother trying to protect her in the sense of uh, I was going to drop it, but since Tanner's here, I was going to incorporate out of character at some point to her quoting, I'm not a maiden of needed defending. I am grown. 
So I figured you'd appreciate oh, the, the reference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, then gathering that much from having talked to her, I'm going to approach the rest of this as like, unless she calls for help, unless she asks for it, hands off. We are, you know, and I'll try to relate this to them as quickly and and nonchalantly as possible. Like, hey, that one can take care of herself unless she calls for help. We're we're yeah. just here to watch the windows. If you were um, kind of as you go around, you probably would recount this info to Ismark kind of just generally in passing as you guys prepare the, the home for the night. And he'll smirk and chuckle a little bit and say, I've done my best to teach her to defend herself a bit with a sword, but don't let her her fierce demeanor fool you. She is someone who has not left the comfort of a noble's home much in her life. Okay. She is in need of protection. So at the very least, just allow her to to think that she's got it. Is is what at, at least for right now. That's at the, vibe the same now. time though. Just because you're shut in doesn't mean you're not capable of protecting yourself. Yeah, yeah. but if he says she's not, I'm taking his word for it. <laughs> I'm still I would weary assume of he's myself. the one doing all of the training. You weary of it, or are you wary of it? Wary. No, I'm I thought weary. you were just tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weary. <laughs> He's just tired. I have a, uh, I, I I keep I myself I'm cautious of him to to an end. So okay, um, I'm gonna make my way to the other end of the the place. I'll probably kind of hole up in the the drawing room here. Now we've got somebody on either end of the room at least, or on either end of the the place. Actually, you know what? No, Rasmus is a bit of a cook. Maybe he'll if nobody else is in the kitchen. Maybe he'll putter around a little bit. Somebody's hungry. Well, he suspects other people. If there's, if there's no objection, I'm going to hole up in the dining room and get out some of my books and sit down and do some notes. Okay. Yeah. As, as you guys, you know, go about your business for the, the evening or the nighttime hours, uh, Ismark and Irina kind of go about, you hear a little bit of the, the brotherly and sisterly sniping, but the initial frustration and anger has eased a bit and perhaps because there is a plan to do something about the deceased Burgomaster. So tensions have eased slightly, though you can still get the brotherly sisterly sniping back and forth. Uh, the night goes and Ismark uh, will, will feel the need to comment uh, and Irina will confirm it that since the Burgomaster is passing those attacks or at least the, the endeavors of entities trying to gain access has eased there has still been things that made them feel uneasy but it hasn't been a full-on assault that prompted all this boarding in the first place but they don't know if that's a need for concern or need for rest so you you could tell they're still kind of on edge about everything as the nighttime falls uh as we get toward going to bed i'll ask do any of you have any questions or anything specifically you want to endeavor or into it whatever you have um, is the coffin sealed? Like right, nailed or I anything? was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's go have some fun here with uh, with oh, Tweedle wait. bark, Tweedle bark, and Tweedle bite the grave robbers. <laughs> All right, yeah, you guys go ahead uh, if you want to. Uh, yeah, the doors are relatively cracked <laughs> open in terms of like the doors of this room, but yeah. Go ahead. Give me a give me a sleight of hand first of all, both of you. So I and to be fair, I'm not doing this in a malicious way at all. I just my worry and just the the secrecy around all of this 
has me concerned that I want to just check the body and see what condition it's in. So it's not like I'm planning on stealing anything, just for the record. Stealing condition, the condition. No, I, I get that. But again, you are still opening the casket of the dad of these two people who are here, who, who seem to want to see him laid to rest peaceably. So, you know, yeah, go ahead and give me a slight of hand check, both of you. Are they right outside the door, I just noticed? Uh, I mean, their tokens are currently there. They're moving about the house. Don't take that as, like, their specific location currently. All right. But... Uh, 19. Oh, yeah, 19. Can you Wait. see that? Is that in there? I, I have to pull up the dice yes, roller 16. on my side. No, that's yeah. Bjorn. Yeah, it's Bjorn. I Let me, I pull, I don't have the, uh, your page pulled up, but I'll take you your word at 16, or 19. So I yeah, promise. 19 and 16, both of you, you know, kind of, again, acknowledging the awkwardness of the situation of opening up some dude's casket in the middle of a home of the people who loved him. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, it wouldn't, I'm sure. Um, you both successfully are capable of doing so. And at least upon a, a brief inspection, because I figure, again, you guys don't want to do this very long, uh, you don't see anything untoward in terms of his person, his visage, uh, other than being passed for a few days. Like, from what you both can tell, that is an accurate assessment. It's been probably three or four days since he has passed away. There are no marks in terms of on his neck. There's nothing that you can see that would indicate an attack from a, an entity. He looks to be slightly heavy set, you know, old, old with age, but also old with stress. Like you could tell whatever hair he has has definitely grayed and has been that way for quite some time. Uh, he, he is much like is smart, where he doesn't have that pallid appearance outside of being dead. But in terms of what you would suspect, he doesn't have that drab appearance that many in Barovia have. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna look at Bjorn and kind of nod at him and then we slowly shut it and just say, had to be sure. Yep. And then we're gonna go sit back in our chairs. All right. Anything else before uh, you go to rest for the evening? If there's no objections, I'm making soup. <laughs> no objections here. Ooh, I smell soup. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming that I'm, I'm thinking of something with the most simple ingredients and the kind of thing that most people would not be mad if you made in their kitchen. Right. <clears throat> What's the thing that would make you least mad about me making here? Yeah. <laughs> me, me raiding your pantry and doing some shit. I'll fuck with the steak, but the ramen. I get the idea, okay. right? I get the idea that like, because I, I, I'm making I, I, the intention is make a big pot of soup for everybody, right? I'm thinking right. So brother and sister are like pissed off. Soup is a nice calming food, right? It is. Uh, the sister very much uh, is is extremely independent. So soup is the kind of thing that you just come get a bowl when you want it, man. Like you don't yeah. have to come eat with everybody at the same time. Like, yeah, I mean, clear, clearly it's not an egg to offer in their trying time, but you know it's the best exactly. you can surmise. So, right. It's it's yeah. what I got. Yeah. No, I would. Um, again, Irina hasn't been like if we were using the D and D chart. She's been indifferent to you all, uh, slightly hostile. But after that initial encounter, kind of your seeming willingness, unlike everybody else in Barovia, to help lay her father to rest, she's been indifferent. I wouldn't say you've perked up to friendly, but you certainly are proving yourself to be at least someone with which she doesn't have to be on full defense all the time. Cool. 
I'm thinking like I've I've started looking at recipes now. Sorry, man. I, I got a little too into this idea. Like a nice onion stew, like a soup. Yeah, something something you'd have around. It's hearty. It stays. Yeah. Yorn is actively like looking for. He's asking me if it's ready. I think. Like, is it done now? I'm hungry. Now. I'm like, hey, hey, hey! He's making soup. <laughs> To, yeah, to which we, both of them will relatively warmly receive. Again, not having one component of the day not being on their shoulders with everything happening. You could tell kind of Ismark yeah. melts in, into it more than anything. Like he he thanks you and says, uh, we don't get visitors in Barovia ever, but I do appreciate that the first ones I've encountered prove to be as hospitable and helpful as I'd hoped. There is hey, hope yet for this place. Is all on you. I just raided the pantry. Soup. I'm going to stick my head in. It was different. Out bowls. Soup. <laughs> and I go over here where, Shed is at, or where uh, Aiden's at. I'm like, soup. Soup. He nods. <laughs> I would have acknowledged him but kept doing what I was doing. Yes. The Bjorn's yeah, just very... fucking Rick Moranis and Ghostbusters. Yes, have some. I very much want that kitchen door open and like, I'm, I'm not going to go tell everybody food's ready. I'm just going to kind of let that waft out throughout yeah. the house, you know? Yeah. Just the, the scent. Uh, it, it breaks through the, again, not to be too morbid, but that kind of flat smell of, not really death, but kind oh. of that stale. Yeah. Stagnant. <laughs> Stagnant. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that smell, it kind of helps permeate through that a little bit. So that seem at the least, is warmly received. Uh, if that is all, as you guys go along, I mean, you take your rest where you need. Like I said, there are rooms upstairs. And that is where Irina and Ismark will likely take their leave at some what's, point. Uh, what's this little room with the two beds beside the kitchen there? It looked like if if you were to classify it as something like a kid's room or maybe kind of a oh, little okay. visitor's room. I got you. Yeah, because it's like you see the little, for lack of a better phrase, a bedside table with two chairs, a little breakfast nook. So it's oh, as if. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. You. Okay. Um, someone who's not another Burgo master, but maybe their <clears throat> servant or their assistant, someone would have a place to you know, squirrel away. Okay. Then, yeah, I assume Brazos would eventually retire to some empty room upstairs, assuming there's enough for everyone to kind of do that. Yeah, there's there's place upstairs and here to do that. Okay. Okay. So as all of you prepare for the night to, to go to sleep, uh, I, I will note that nothing of terrible alarm awakes you like no nothing to the level i think of what you were prepared for by ismark has made its presence known in this place so that portion of the night passes peacefully uh what each of you is going to dream though is this uh in your dream you find yourself and vaguely each of you seeing your other members of the party around you standing at the crossroads of a river and a raven, not dissimilar, though not with the blue tip feathers that you saw at first, uh, kind of beckons you toward a small pool that's beyond that river crossroads. As you were to navigate in your dream, that area blurs. Kind of the, the trees or your surroundings become vague. But you end up in an area with a pool of water and also a, an encampment, it looks, of different tents and carriages and a fire in the middle of this area, but the place is empty. 
but you are drawn to a larger tent in this encampment, in this dream. As you go further into it, you see a person sitting at a table. Their face and their form is concealed by a purple cloak. You, you see this person draw a card from the deck on the table and lay it on the table face side up. If you look at the table and the card, it simply is marked mists. It looks kind of like what you would consider a tarot card. And it shows an image of kind of low-lying fog amongst area, and it's called mists. This person tells you, the distance between us renders my sight obscured, blurred. But please, find me. Join me at Serpool. Ser uh, Hunter, to give you a spelling, T-S-E-R. Uh, with it being Germanic, I'm not even going to bother okay. trying to pronounce it correctly. Uh, join me at Serpool. I can tell you what the future holds. And what's most peculiar, uh, in each one of your dreams, this person speaks to you specifically. Bjorn, Rasmus, Zephra, Aiden. Please find me. We have much to discuss. And that's where we'll cut it off. It was a it was a pool. We okay. said it's a swimming pool. Yeah, it's called yeah, a pool, like, but like, they like a, a small bottle of water, like oh, a pond. Pond. Okay. Yeah, it's its technical name is pool. But. Okay. It's a swimming pool. We're gonna go meet a night elf at a moon pool at a moon well. Yes. Oh. Yes. Moon it's well. a druid because it turned into a bird. <laughs> moon well. <laughs> Okay, I know not much dice rolling this session. I believe we'll be back into throwing them things, them bones in the next session far more. But as you, again, we've alluded to in uh, Curse of Strahd, the early part of the campaign is far more narrative-based, and I do apologize for what that can lead to a little bit less exciting adventures. But no, I, I think well, that's my believe we're well out of that. You know, I think it's not only good for us sometimes, but it's also good for the show. Like, this is the kind of thing people want to hear. Combat is fun, but it's like it's hard to... to keep up with i think i'm yeah, not i'm not here for the combat i'm here for the story it's not he's in for the immersion from now right. on whenever cody introduces me on the show i'm just gonna go king's honor friend <laughs> but I'm a, this true? I'm, a, I'm a miserable pile of secrets and i need to know this is this true <laughs> i don't think so there, there you go oh my note i wrote i made soup looks done i made soup looks there you done. go uh, well, thank you all for joining us again after our brief hiatus for this episode of PZ85 Plays the Curse of Strahd. Uh, I will note, as mentioned, one of our party members is currently MIA. We'll we'll address that as necessary once it comes back around, if it comes back around. But I believe uh, is next week's episode potentially postponed as well. We're going to find yeah, out. The, Folks, it's the holiday season. Dude, Shit's hard. Dude, the entire show was potentially... Uh... Postponed, yeah. Postponed at this point. Um, Here's the we'll, thing. You you listening at home, yes, you. The cliffhanger is you don't get to hear it. We're just going to play by ourselves. Fuck y'all. That's what we did oh, the first time you hosted. That's so mean. Next, next Tuesday, I am I am occupied. That doesn't mean we can't play next week, but next right. Tuesday is probably not going to be good for me. Yeah. So, and, which we'll... we'll yeah, we'll, we'll discuss off air, but clearly you, you've come to expect our poignancy and our uh, timeliness on PZ85 as a network yeah. as a whole. 
So just bear with us. Again, this is a lengthy campaign, and we're doing our best to, to make it engaging, to get us through it. Uh, but as the holidays tend to impede, we will address those as necessary. Holidays did it to Star Wars. They've done it to everything else. It usually yep. happens. So yep, that's where we go. Understood. Yep. But as it stands, uh, I know we made the jokes. PZ85 was on a bit of a hiatus last week for Thanksgiving week. So stuff's happened since then, guys. Tell me what's coming up this week. Oh, I'm, for- <laughs> I'm going to Paducah to watch Beetlejuice. <laughs> Wait for right. someone to say not a goddamn thing. Uh, I can't. I can't promise. You. Oh, I don't know, man. I can't promise anything at this point in life. Uh, you okay. know, wrestling uh, Survivor Series War Games did happen on Sunday or yeah. Saturday, and it was a good show. Um, yeah, we'll just uh, just have to wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, yeah, because I mean that's kind of where we're looking. I think toward the rest of the week with Lindsay being on Thursday and and all that. Um, I know I said at the beginning of the show I'm going to say it again. New episode of the Inquest. It's coming soon, no later than than December. I'm honestly I'm hopeful to have it out in the next couple of weeks. Um, keep my my fingers crossed. You know, Ghostbusters two took place at Christmas, so I was fine. about to say I got it's, the toy. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It will not um, be the first time. It is. It is decided. I mean, I, it's, it's no secret. It's about Ghostbusters. I've said yeah. that for some time now. It is decidedly the longest episode. I passed page 10 today. Um, and page 10 is usually where I cut it off. And I have not yet really talked about 2016 yet. So, <laughs> oh, there's uh, a lot of runway left. Yeah. I saw that part of the script being the stopping point. Yeah. Like, well, here we go. Yeah. That was, that's on page 10. So I've got that to go. I've got Afterlife to go and a few remaining thoughts. I suspect. This episode will be closer to like forty-five minutes than the standard. Sweet. Yep, that's the plan. That's sometime in the near future. So I don't have anything. Yeah, you do. You got that rock. Well, it keeps tigers away or bears or something. I don't know. Go to let's wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> until until next time, I fire up my Coleco Adam, and I need to get the protection on it because it'll rust up on me just like that. Uh, I'm Cody Sandusky, your Dungeon Master. This has been PZ85 Plays on the Puzzle and IC85 Network. For Kaz, for Lindsay, for Double H, and for Shannon, I hope you've had a good time and enjoy the restful night while you can because remember, Strahd's always watching. Freaks come out at night. Freaks come out at night. Why are my books flying around in the dining room? Come out at night. Okay, I'm still recording. All right, of course you are.